Watch us stream our Rhyme of the Frostmane adventures live every week at 8pm BST, 3pm EDT at twitch.tv forward slash doesitroll and twitch.tv forward slash dnd. It has been two years since the sun failed to rise. Two years of terror and isolation because Icewind Dale has become trapped in a perpetual winter with no escape. To the south, ferocious blizzards make the mountain passes through the spine of the world unpassable to might or magic. To the west and north is the sea of moving ice and to east, the mighty Rakehead Glacier. No one gets in, and no one gets out. That is, until now. Our camera zooms in on a blazing ball of fire falling through the frozen sky, burning its way through the icy clouds. As it falls, it begins to break, the largest piece disappearing to the south and crashing into the mountains. But two smaller pieces plummet towards the icy tundra below, They land with a crash, superheating the permafrost and sending gouts of steam into the air. And for a long time, there is silence. Only the crackling of freezing ice and the howling wind. Let us zoom in again on one of these frozen objects. It is white. Not white like snow, but white like bone or sinew. It has a strangely disturbing, organic look. With a sound like a breaking jaw, the capsule, for that's what it is, begins to open up, revealing the darkness within. And we see a human struggling to escape. Curran, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing good, thank you, Joe. So, who are you playing, and what do they look like as they struggle out of this capsule half-embedded in the ice? I'm playing uh, Graham Voss, who is a human rogue. He's stocky, clean-shaven, with shoulder-length hair, and uh, he's sort of trying to struggle his way around uh, and break free from this, this bony prison. You pull your way out and you, you look around. All your memories of the, the recent past are gone. All you can imagine is, or you can bring to mind is a nightmare of blood, fire and confusion. But you look around yourself. You are in a seemingly endless tundra. You squint as the frigid wind burns against your exposed skin because you're not wearing cold weather clothes. You look down and you're dressed in very thin, like almost like night clothes or the strange material that you don't recognize. It feels strange under your skin. Um, And the sky above is dark. So what do I see immediately around me? Is there another um, 
capsule. The wind is blowing around you and you are absolutely frozen. You maybe kind of like push your hands under your armpits, try and warm up and you stumble through the snow. Um, maybe about 30 feet away is another one of these capsules. Whatever was inside has ripped it asunder with tremendous strength. And there is a trail heading off into the snow. Not footprints, but like something sort of dragging through. Um, and it disappears over a rise. Do I see any, um, any signs of a town nearby, perhaps? Or like some faint light in the distance? Well, if you climb, climb a little bit up the rise and you find your feet sinking almost up to your knees in this snow and you reach the top of this rise and the trail continues on through the gloom and you take in the view or what little view there is because the gloom makes it very difficult to see anything more than the dark sky above, the white snow around you and this trail heading off in front of you into the darkness. Yes, I'm not going to survive too long in this sort of weather. Um, so I hold myself in as close as I can, trying to retain whatever heat I've got, and I start marching towards this path. With every footfall, your foot sinks into the... the the, the snow making this crunching sound and again you disappear up to your knees the wind is howling around you and you can feel your yourself freezing um, you look down at your hands and they're beginning to turn a very very unpleasant pale colour and uh, could I ask you to give me a constitution save so roll a d20 and add on any constitution modifier you have I've rolled a four Okay, so I'd like you to take on one level of exhaustion. Um, mechanically, that means from now on, until you take a long rest and get some food and warmth, you'll be rolling with disadvantage on all your skill rolls. Whoa, okay. You, you stumble and you suddenly look up. You're lying down and you feel warm. How long have you been lying down for? You're not sure. Moving towards you out of the darkness is a strange figure. It's, it's less than a foot tall and it looks like a mechanical... What on earth is that? And behind it are three more figures. Um, Owen, welcome to the show. Owen, do you want to tell us a little bit about your character as they arrive just in time to save Graham Voss? I'm on. I'm playing Zalfis, who is a small three foot five gnome uh, artificer. He's kind of wrapped up in winter clothes, kind of fur collared, white science coat, almost looking um, big, thick Ugg boots. He's kind of like <laughs> almost a, almost six feet of like a spiked coif on top of his head with bandoliers of potions. And his little companion is uh, Lady. Penelope Guinadier, or Lady Penguin. And she's a small mechanical penguin that I've made. And behind you, strolling through the snow, is Virginia. Welcome to the show, Virginia. Can you tell us about who your character is? I'm Virginia. I am playing Kestra, um, who is a, a bounty hunter. She is wrapped up pretty well, nice and warm in her clothes. This woman of middling age, 
Uh, she's not a fan of of the cold um, and probably sticks out like a sore thumb with her very deep red skin against this icy backdrop. <laughs> Can I just hold you up one second? Earlier you told me that your character was 30. <laughs> He's 30 middle-aged. <laughs> As someone who's 38. <laughs> <laughs> for an adventure maybe, maybe. <laughs> maybe. That, that's fair moving swiftly on uh, Niall welcome to the show could you tell me about your character <clears throat> I'm Niall and I am playing uh, well my character he's a furbog he's an 8 foot tall uh, half giant huge uh, scruffy beard kind of messy hair uh, ice blue skin uh, pale blue eyes um wrapped in a he's got a, giant, a massive cloak that looks like it could be maybe a bear fur or something like that um and he's yeah just towering over the rest of the, the crew so the four of you you have a mission and you've taken a bit of a detour because you saw this flaming comet fall through the sky and these two fireballs break away from it and fall not too far away from you you followed the trail south until you found Graham lying in the snow before you. He is barely conscious at this point and clearly not dressed for cold weather. What do you do? Hello, friend. We come in peace. I can see he's freezing. I'd like to cast um, Bonfire as a cantrip just to put out and heat, warm him up with, at least, create Bonfire. Okay, so Curran, Graham, you begin to feel the warmth rush through you. I believe that at least one of you has a spare set of winter clothes, so maybe if you share that with him, that can help him beat this uh, tired of freezing cold that's attacking him. Um, I feel like Kestra's probably the one that's got the spare clothes. <laughs> maybe the only ones like that would fit him anyway. <laughs> she's she's learned her lessons, um, and I think she wants the bonfires up. I think she goes over. She's straight into mum mode. She's pulling out um, these warm weather clothes from her pack and kind of draping them around and kind of not not even like really saying hi but just like you need you need to get these on you you need to get yourself warm what are you doing all the way out here and it's just like fussing everyone else to kind of help him get into these clothes yeah i'll like pick him up quite quite easily i'm like uh i i put on uh these these winter clothes and i huddle up close to the bonfire and i'm like i don't i don't I don't know how I ended up here. I think I've I've no memory. Where, where am I? Where is this? So, well, welcome to the Icewind Dales. Where where do you come from? The Icewind Dales. Sure, I was only in Mirabar, but a moment ago. Oh, what? It, it surely it can't be possible. What what time is it? Hard to tell. There's no no sunlight. It, it's daytime. Uh, how did you get in? Nobody gets in or out of the Icewind Dales for the last two years. Graham is my name, uh, and uh, I, I I have no memory of how I've ended up here. I've simply woken up in this bone capsule, and I I'm just trying to survive. You should come with us. Um... We are going to a town, and if you stay out here by yourself, you probably won't survive. You will have absolutely no arguments from me. Um, so, what is your name? Uh, I'm gone. Pleasure to meet you, gone. So, so no, no memory of getting here, then? Um, absolutely no, no memory at all. I think, uh... I, I do know that there was, um, people from Luskin who were attempting to, uh... 
trying to make it to Icewell Dale, but it's been locked off in the spine of the world. No one's been able to to make it in here. And, and what about your... And he points to, like, the broken-up capsule. Uh, friend? I, I have no idea who was in the other capsule. So, Zelfiz, as you say that, you see the trail leading away from the second capsule, and it's leading a direct line towards Dugan's Hole, which is your final destination. Whoever or whatever was in that capsule is heading towards the town that you're heading towards. Maybe we can find who or what it was. Um, it seems to be going in our direction. Right, guys? Are we to Dugan's Hole? Yes. Yes. Well, that's what we've got to go and look next. That's what I'm paying you for, isn't it? <laughs> Joe, looking at the tracks um, in the snow, is there any like idea of size or shape or nature of the tracks we can get from it? The tracks are about a foot wide. You can see that straight away. And there's no kind of footprint. Whatever it is, is dragging or rolling itself through the snow. But if you want to give me a quick investigation roll as you look closer, um, that'd be great. Thank God you picked an intelligence skill. Zalf is rolled a nine. <laughs> this is not so... this world. <laughs> So you do notice something and you dip your finger in it and it comes away on your glove and you're not sure if it's black or red or or what, but whatever it is, it seems to be dropping a, a strange viscous liquid, but only in small patches, like just drips. As I said, I've like a bandolier of like test tubes with different potions and stuff and I'm going to take an empty test tube and like scrape off whatever that viscous material is and maybe look to analyze it later. I'm sure that won't come back to bite me. Is anyone trained in survival? I believe I am. So as you look around and you look particularly to the north, which is where the most of Ten Towns are, um, you can see a storm brewing and you think it's going to be arriving soon. Uh, we should get moving. We, we've got a storm coming our way and we don't want to be outside when that happens. And he'll start trudging through following the path that's going towards uh, Dugan's, Dugan's Hole, as it is, uh, just ahead of everyone, and kind of inclined for them to follow. Yeah, not, um, and I will follow. Kestra, Kestra will help um, help Graham up. She'll wrap, wrap her tail around his waist and kind of put her hand underneath his shoulders to kind of support him. Thank you. And he's not doing well, despite the winter clothes and the fire. You, he, he's going to need some healing. Um, as you walk, um, it's going to be about an hour for you to get to Dugan's Hole. You've been travelling from Goodmead. To your right is the forest. There are a small number of forests in Icewind Dale, and Dugan's Hold and Goodmead are actually right next to one of them, where they get a lot of their fuel and building materials. To your left is the Redwater the shallowest lake in all of Ten Towns and as you look across it it is completely frozen solid before Icewind Dale became locked down before the sun disappeared this time of year the red water would have been completely water no ice and there would have been many ships fishing upon it but right now all you can see is the endless snow and frost
As you, you walk this hour to Dugan's Hole, would you share your mission with Graham? I, I think so. I think so. Like, Zalphus would be, uh, Graham, good man, you didn't see any characters passing by. We're looking for, we're hunting for a criminal. You're hunting for a criminal? Interesting. Um, what exactly is this criminal wanted for? Um, so, don't let this scare you, but he may have murdered three people. A, a murderer, okay, yes. Um, I mean, he's going to have a case, I'm sure, until proven innocent, or proven guilty and all that, but yeah, he, 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 he more or less murdered three people. So, you people are bounty hunters? Ooh, I like the, the sound of that. Maybe? I think, I think this is where, like, Kestra has kind of just been listening and trying to focus on getting Graham through the snow. She kind of perks up next to you. I'm the bounty hunter. Uh -huh. I came across these wonderful fellows and hired them to help. It is cold and lonely out here by yourself. I'm the brains! Uh, well, well if, if you require a, uh, another hand, um, I would be willing to do um, some work. I, I think... I could certainly use the money. I've, I have nothing, and I'm trapped in this place. I see. Well, how does twenty-five gold sound to you? It's definitely better than the current zero I have. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have it on me. I'm still waiting for my payment to share out, but you are more than welcome to a split of it if you want to join. Absolutely. That is, if the idea of catching a murderer doesn't put you off. With no risk, there's usually no reward, so... um. Yes, count me in. Good. Um, as you're having this conversation, Dugan Toll appears ahead of you. Like most of the towns in Ten Towns, it's made out of um, houses with tall, very peaked roofs so the snow can't gather on top. And it, they're also on stilts so that the heat from within doesn't melt the permafrost. Dugan's Hole has a reputation for unfriendliness. It is the smallest and furthest away town of all of Ten Towns, and I don't believe any of you have ever been there. As you get closer to the first house, you can hear the sound of dogs barking wildly. And as you step closer, you see five dogs in a cage next to one of these houses and they're barking at something lying in the snow not too far from them and the house that they're next to. I think Kestra would probably want to go over and see what it is because we know there's somebody else from another capsule and her yeah. being the slightly mothering type wants to go and make sure that it's not a person laying down in the snow. The dogs are going absolutely mad. Um, they're straining at the um, their leashes and they're trying to scratch their way out of the cage. Lying in front of them is a corpse lying face down in the snow. Uh, is it really obvious that it's a, a, like a corpse? Does it look like it's frozen to death or is there injury? From behind, it's dressed in furs. It has its hood up, so you can't actually see any of its skin. Although, actually, when you look closer, you see that one of its gloves has been removed and is lying near it, and its hand is strangely wounded, like the skin across the, the top of its hand has been abraded away uh, or pulled away, revealing redness below. I think Kess 
Kestra grabs the body by the shoulders and just very carefully, not to entirely put it on its back, but kind of rolls it to see the state of the front of this person, if there's any obvious injury. She's looking for a stab wound. She, she's been described the weapon that this murderer they're looking for has used. Um, she's looking to see if there's signs of that kind of ice knife that she has been told about. This is her instant thought that this is another, this is another victim. So you roll him over and it is a him and there is no sign of wounds upon his abdomen but his face is is frozen in a rictus of horror and pain. His face is swollen um, and sort of blue and black and his eyes are bulging out against, uh, out from his skull and his cheek has another one of these wounds the, uh, where the skin almost looks like it's been torn away. And it's slightly um, sort of leaf shape, the wound. Am I able to tell what might have caused a wound like that? I mean, Kestra's going to shout for the others. Yeah, if you have um, Arcana, you might be able to use this. Um, If you have survival, that might work as well. Uh, I have Arcana. Um, That is 19. Nice. So you've never come across anything like this, but you have read books about sort of strange abominations that have tentacles with suckers on the end. And that kind of wound would match this, where something has grabbed onto it and literally pulled away, taking the skin and part of the flesh with it. Kestra set the body back down as she found it and has stepped back and she's immediately reaching um, for one of the daggers that she keeps at her side. And you all kind of have a feeling that you're being watched. It it could just be complete paranoia, the fact that this town is in almost complete darkness despite being just after midday. The fact that these houses are sort of looming around you and there's a body in front of you and these dogs going absolutely nuts. But you do have a feeling that you're being watched. Gon would like to go over and like calm the dogs, just like try to make them not be going so wild so that we're not drawing attention to ourselves as we're coming into this town, um, considering we've just found a dead body upon entry. Do you have a, a skill that you could use to do that? Uh, yeah, I'll use animal handling. Uh, oh no, I rolled a nat one. <laughs> oh god. Which <laughs> <laughs> dogs are first encounter. Okay, oh so if anything, you have riled them up. So one of them actually is so angry now, it's strained on its leash and has pulled away from it, and it's it's broken the leash and is now jumping up against the wall of this cage, um, almost jumping as high as, as probably not your head because you are really tall, but right up against the ceiling of this cage, trying to get at you and trying to get out. Oh, man. Uh, I back away. I'm just like, oh, no, 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 no. Um, and I'm going to just... <laughs> Not exactly hide behind everyone else, but go stand behind them so that the dogs don't have kind of a direct sight of me because I don't want to rile them up anymore after my pitiful attempt. Gon, you keep telling us you're good with animals, but I haven't seen any evidence. (laughs) I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. I think no matter what, we're going to draw some attention here. Um, That that is a corpse, by the way. What is the what is the mo of the of the murderer? Could this potentially be a victim? Doesn't match the profile. He uses knives made of ice. They melt after a while. That victim. So 
something else. Tentacles, maybe. Suction. Something's ripped the skin from its face. Charming. I hate to be a bother, but I think I'm going to need somewhere to rest. I'm not going to be able to make, to continue going like this. That sounds like we look for a drink and maybe talk to some locals. Where could we do that? So from where you stand, most of the houses look eerily deserted. Um, But straight ahead of you, maybe 100 feet away, there is a much, much larger house. Um, Maybe like two or three times as big as any of the others. And it's standing on a raised platform that goes out of sight to the left and to the right towards the red water, almost like a pier. Um, and this could be the speaker's house. Now, all of you are natives of Icewind Dale, apart from um, Graham, and so you know that the speaker of Dugan's Hole um, is a lady called um, Edgar Dermoot. She needs rebranding. <laughs> <laughs> Edgar, Edgar what? Edgar Dermoot. Okay. Um, Definitely won't butcher that. We should move. <clears throat> we should move towards this building or somewhere in town. We've Begon picks up the body because he doesn't want to just leave a dead body just out in the snow next to dogs that will quite possibly eat him if they get out of the cage. As as you as as um Gon goes to pick up the body, am I able to just slip a hand into a couple of like the outside pockets? I want to see if there's anything of interest there before we hand this over just in case this is related to what we're looking for. Yeah, do you have an appropriate skill to do this? Um, Otherwise it would be straight decks. I, I, I guess. Do you want to do it subtly or do you actually just want to start looking through the pockets? Oh, I'm just going to start looking through the through the pockets. So uh, motherly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, there, there might, there might be a, an address, somebody we can let know. Um, what about boundaries, Mom? Is, God. It, <laughs> Okay, so you do find two keys. So you don't need to give me a roll, you're just looking through okay. pockets. So you do find two keys, um, a large one and a smaller one. For the dog cage. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is that, uh, the keys themselves, do they look like the kind of keys that would be um, like they ornate or intricate, the kind that you get for like inside, uh, inside a house or a, like, a, like a lockbox? Or are they kind of like the, the rough kind that you get for like outdoor? holes and things like that yeah so one of them's a padlock which i guess could be the dog cage and the other one is a larger key which could be a house although it's very very basic like it wouldn't take even someone who wasn't very skilled a very long time to work this lock open okay could be a bigger dog cage (laughs) (laughs) let's hope not um yeah okay kestra's gonna hold on i'm gonna hold on to those keys for a bit she's not gonna like pocket them she's gonna keep them in her hand um, but she doesn't want them falling loose as we carry the body towards the speaker's house. Do we do we look for a tavern for Graham to get some some uh, imbibe some invigorating fluids and some heat? You definitely have my vote. Okay. I think we're gonna search for a tavern, I guess. Then, Joe. Yeah. Somewhere that we can, yeah, find some shelter anyway. And some rumors and news. So you, you start walking through the town. And again, these houses, although sort of similar in construction to the houses of um, the rest of Ten Towns, they're much, much more basic. They, they really look quite rickety and you do think they probably don't actually do a very good job in holding out the cold. You start looking out for sort of signs 
uh, maybe on outside of buildings, advertising an inn or a tavern or a shop. But all of these look like homes um, and they look quite deserted. Um, you continue working your way towards the speaker's house. Um, and as you get within about 30 feet, the door opens and a huge man exits. He's dressed in, as many of you are, animal skins. But the animal skins he's wearing is that of an Arctic bear, completely white with the head over his head. Ooh. And he looks around and even at this distance, you can see that he's scowling at you. Can he, can he see us quite clearly? How close are we? Yeah, you're only 30 feet away. Okay. Well, I'm sort of going to stumble up and went, sir, I, I'm, I'm very injured and I, I, I was wondering if we could, if I could use your, your, your tavern. He kind of sneers and laughs and goes, <laughs> strangers aren't welcome here. Good luck to you. And he turns his back to you and makes to head away from your group and away from the speaker's house. And as he turns, you realize that over his back, he has one of these enormous knucklehead trout that Ten Towns is so famous for. Five foot long, and he's just holding it over his shoulder as he heads off. I think Kestra will probably call out after him. Um, she kind of steps forward. Well, that's not very nice, is it? These strangers that have just come into your town have recovered a body that all of you seem to have missed in front of the dog cage back there. Do you know this man? He doesn't even turn. He doesn't even turn as he just begins to walk off. So he's about 20 feet away from you now. Kess is going to turn to Zalfiz and just in, in disbelief. Well, his mother didn't teach him any manners, did he? Did she? No. It's a hell of a look, though. It, it, it's, it's an interesting look. I mean, yes, the, the bearskin pelt is actually quite nice. Gon kind of looks the same. He has his own bearskin pelt, <laughs> just a dead body over his shoulder rather than a trout. Yeah. <laughs> He's like Did this guy came, came out of a door like, and is walking away from us? Is that what you said, John? Yeah, so he came out of the speaker's house and I think you sort of approached the speaker's house and he's just walked mm. away in the opposite direction. So where you are now is probably just a few feet away from this large door. And when you, you see the house itself, it does look slightly different. So not only is it much bigger than all the other houses that you've passed, but mm. the permafrost under it is much, much more melted. So whereas under all the other houses, it's white or icy under here you can actually see sort of brown where the the, the ice is almost completely melted okay uh, perhaps we should alert the authorities to the potential stabby murder criminal in their town maybe they'll be more welcoming and like I kind of gesture to the speaker's house I agree uh, Kess, Kess will go back to, to Graham and kind of start helping him towards the speaker's house if that's where we're all going yeah maybe Maybe gone. You stand at the back. Let's not lead with the dead body. Let's let's start with the. There's a murderer, and then we found a dead body. Okay. Yeah. So you are you, you going to push your way in? Are you going to open the door? Or are you going to knock? How are you going to? Um... Kestra will knock. I thought the door was open, so we were going to kind of knock and call in. But I guess knock if it's closed. So you hear a voice from inside saying, "I told you, not buying your goddamn fish. Be off with you, Jake." We we don't want to buy any fish. Um, could, could we come in? We have somebody injured. 
The door opens and a stern-looking lady, strangely not dressed in furs, she's actually dressed dressed in a tunic and, and leggings, something that people in the South would wear, not something that anyone in Ten Towns would wear. And she looks you up and down with her piercing blonde, uh, blue eyes and goes, Strangers, what are you doing here in Dugan's Hole? Are you mad? Well, my name is Kestra, and these are some friends of mine in my employ. We're, we're looking for somebody. I'm a bounty hunter. But we've also got somebody injured, and she indicates to, to Graham, and perhaps some unfortunate news for you too. Could we perhaps speak inside where it's warmer? All right, all right, come in then. The name's Edgar. I'm the speaker here. And she leads you in. And as each of you approach the door, and I guess as Gone ducks down to enter, you are hit with a tremendous heat. None of you have felt this heat in Icewind Dale at all. Nothing is this warm, nowhere. Um, the room is large, um, probably about 50 feet. Um, in the centre of the room, there is a small iron stove. At least that's what it m- must be. But it's putting out this incredible heat. It's only about two foot in diameter, and there's a small glass porthole on the front. Um, although there's no flames within inside. You notice a number of dials and controls on the side. Um, but whatever it is, I guess it must be a stove. That's what's heating the room. There's a number of trestle tables set up. Um, And there's a few other people in the room. Um, There's a frail elven man um, who kind of looks up at you with lidded eyes or half-lidded eyes, and he's being fed stew, which is pouring out the side of his mouth by a pale elven woman. And there's the speaker herself. Right, who's that? And she kind of, like, looks in panic as you go and lower this guy in front of her. We... We found him as we entered the town. He, he was face down in the snow in front of a dog cage. By oh, Lathlander. That's June. What did you do to him? Nothing. We found him like this. What are you doing in Dugan's Hole? No one comes here. We got told that this might be somewhere that somebody we're looking for is coming to. Um, we're looking for a, a man named uh, Caltro. And Caltro did this? He's been accused of murder. No, Caltro did other things. He, he may have done this, but it's not his uh, modus operandi. This looks like something else. And I'll indicate to the injuries on the on the, the corpse's face. And she's kneeling down at this point, and she's touching his throat, which is swollen. His face is, is black and blue. And she goes, I think he's still alive. What? Look, he's he's, he's breathing. Gone is just like no. <laughs> he doesn't do. He, does he look like he's breathing now? Give me uh, a perception roll, or if if you've got a you know like medicine or something like that. Oh, I've got medicine. Yeah. I yeah. That. There we go. Fourteen plus five. I got a nineteen. Whoa. Was that on your medicine? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> it's not a one. <laughs> Finally, a success. You're almost sure that he wasn't. He wasn't moving and he was dead when you got him outside, but he is breathing, at least you think he is. Hmm. Not dead. Right, bring him over to the table. We can help him. What you said you're looking for someone. Someone that did this. We don't know, but somebody who has been 
accused of at least three murders, a man called Caltro. I, we have reason to think that he is perhaps somehow connected to the Frost Maiden. The victims in the last towns, we think they tried to cheat the lottery for the sacrifices. Well, we, we don't have a lottery here. We sacrifice our heat. We can't, we can't afford lives. There's not enough of us every night. We, well, not every night, but we, we have nights in the month where we don't light fires. We sit in absolute freezing cold as our penance, the Frost Maiden. But if he's in town, there's a few places he might be. I don't think he did this, though. What do you mean? His, his weapon of choice are knives made of ice. This, this was caused by something ripping at the skin, something suction-y, tentacles, something like that. And the speaker sort of turns round to the um, elven woman and says, Can you help? We need to get a healer. Ina, would you head out and get her? And the elf woman sort of looks over to you and says, No, I, I can't. I need to stay with father. And the, the older man goes, what's, what's going on? What's, what's happening? And the elf woman goes, It's all right, father. Here you go. Take some more stew. And the speaker looks at you both and goes, right, well, if you're looking for someone and they're hiding out in town, there's a few empty houses by the lake. He, he might be there if he's anyone, unless he's broken in to someone, someone's house where they're inside. But could, could maybe one or two of you go and get the healer? Um, to save us time, Gone casts Cure Wounds on this dying person. Uh, so five HP, he gets back. I got a two plus three. So how does your healing look? Because you're a druid, aren't you? As I kind of lay my hands down, it's kind of a, a faint bluish green light kind of comes from my hand and I just rest it on his forehead. You can see his skin start changing from like that cold, like blue frozen color to like uh, start recovering some of the actual flesh-like color. So his face begins to become pale and and colour begins to come back into it. And he makes this sound, this... And it, it really kind of like hurts your ears for a second. It's this scratching, horrendous, unnatural sound that he shouldn't be able to make. And then his face begins to blacken again. And for a moment you felt you'd cured him. And then he's still again like a corpse, barely breathing. We ever have I ever seen this happen to, to someone? I've ever seen this like I guess a body react this way. Um, you can give me a religion roll, or if you have Arcana. Um, I don't think I've got. Oh, I got religion. I'll do a religion. <laughs> <laughs> I got a ten plus two. I got a twelve. You've never heard of anything like this. Okay, um, Jan kind of steps back, kind of <laughs> everything he's tried to do seems to go wrong. <laughs> so Gon just <laughs> steps back and just like puts his, like starts scratching his head and just kind of shrugs and is like, I don't, I don't know what, what, what's happening. I've never seen this before. As, as that's kind of happening, I'm going to kind of step towards, um, Edgar and just say, uh, my, my dear lady, you said you sacrificed the heat, but this, this kind of fascinating stove is... I've seen nothing like this in my two years in Icewind Dale. It's... How come you have heat? Do you not have to sacrifice heat? And I'm kind of going to be half inspecting the stove and trying to figure out what it is, because 
I guess, scientific fascination. She looks at you very suspiciously before saying, it's mine, you know. I didn't steal it from anyone. It's mine, right? I found it right and proper. I have no doubt that your denying of guilt is, has your 100% <laughs> innocence, my fine lady. What is it? Um, do you want to give me, like, a charisma roll, or if you've got something like Persuade or a similar yes. check? So, like, I'm trying to kind of read her, but also, like, I guess analyze the machine, the stove. Yeah, which um, one would you rather do first? Do you want to analyze the stove? I think, stove I'd, or I think to... I'd rather, like, Zelf is kind of a situation that's a magical heat or that's coming from it. So, like, do I know of anything, kind of historical magical items that would produce such a thing? Um, well, do you want to give me, like, either an investigation or if you have any kind of, like, arcana would be a good one? History? Um, Mm, I think maybe if you're examining the thing, I think it's me much more about you sort of using your artifice. Okay. I'll go Arcana. I'm not trying at all to play into my racial feature. <laughs> uh, that gives me an advantage on history checks and magic items. Okay. Uh, with a plus three, I rolled an eight and 18. Wow. Okay, so you begin to, as, as she's talking, you're not really listening to her because you're looking at this device. It's amazing. This isn't a stove. This is an engine and it's powered and you kind of look through the window by what looks like a shard of black ice. And not only is it an engine, it is not too far away from overheating. They've got this thing running, and maybe, maybe, maybe accidentally, but they've got this thing running at way above safe levels. Okay, so, yeah, where did you purchase this item? It's it's fascinating. I mean, it, it it looks to be running at maximum capacity. Right, I absolutely love that you're obsessed with my stove. It's, that's absolutely fine. But I think we've got more pressing things at my, uh, up to hand. You said you've got a murderer walking around my town, and I need someone to get me the healer. I tell you what, you send this lovely elf lady. I can feed her father the stew. Mind stove and you know, gone or one of my colleagues can go with her to get the healer. The elf lady stands up and she says, if, if you'd be kind enough to do that, that would be absolutely fine. Come over here. This is my father. Hello. His name is Carrick. <laughs> and the elderly elf man goes, oh, who, 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 who are you? I am Zalfiz the Practical. <laughs> And um, the elf lady heads over to Gon, is that right? Correct, yeah. All right, then. It's not too far. Let's go. Okay. <clears throat> and I'll leave with her. Okay, so um, Curran, so Graham, Kestra, what are you going to do? Are you going to stay here? Are you going to follow Gon and the elf lady? Or are you going to head off? I was going to say, um, while well, a lot of this was happening, because I'm exhausted, um, I've gone up to the... Um, the elf lady before she left and and uh, asked if I could have some of the stew she was giving her father. And, uh, and I'm nestled up in a corner next to the engine stove thing. So it is very, very tasty, although a little bit off, maybe, fish stew. Um, and you feel yourself warming up as you, you curl next to this, um, this engine. Um, Castro, what do you want to do? 
I think Kestra is kind of, she's still looking in shock at that body, at the fact that it kind of came back to life and now seems to have gone again. Who, who is this man? This is June. He, uh, he looks after a lot of the town's dogs. Hmm. Do you know why anyone would have reason to, to do this? Have you had any creatures in the area that might be capable of such an injury? No, there's a, I'll be honest, it, there's a lot of unfriendly sorts in this town. No one lives this far away from, from anywhere without a reason. But we keep to ourselves. We haven't had any murders or any trouble apart from Jake out there for a long time. Right. You said you were looking for a murderer. Yes. I think you need to get on with that before anyone else gets hurt. Can, can Kestra, she, she kind of nods. Can she do another examination of the body now that we're inside where there is some proper light and it's not freezing cold? Is there anything else about this that, that she can pick up on? Because she just saw the, the, the strangeness in the throat and like what just happened. Is there like a, a spell that somebody could be under that could feign death in this way or prolong death like this? So, um, you can give me an investigation check, or you can give me a medicine check if you'd prefer. Uh, I'll go with investigation. Um, that's going to be 11. So, it's definitely still breathing. Um, his face is getting blacker. And I don't know if you sort of pull back one of his eyelids, but the, the eyes themselves are completely black. Ew. <laughs> 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 and... Yes. Let's move the camera over to Gon as you trek through the snow. Oh lord, what's... Um, what's <laughs> what am I going to break this time? <laughs> so I think the elf, the elf lady introduces herself as Enna um, Leoden. And she looks up at you and up at you and up at you and goes, So, what what brings the lot of you here? No one comes to Dugan's Hole. Um, we're looking for a murderer we're from... Our friend, Kestra, she hired us to, to join her in finding a murderer. I have my own reasons, but I'd rather not delve in too deeply. There's some stuff I'm trying to find out in Icewind, and um, that's where we are. Murderer has led us here, so we're hoping we can find him and bring him back to where they want him. At Brinshander. Well, hopefully you can find him quickly before anyone else gets hurt. Yes. And you're walking through the town and you, you're approaching actually where you came from. There's a house just maybe a little bit further south than where the dogs are. And the dogs are now completely silent. Um, and when you arrive outside the door, you see that there is a quite a beautiful stained glass window above the door of a, it's in yellow and red glass and it's of a path leading towards a sun. And the elf lady says, um, Tarman lives in here. The Tarman? Yeah, Tarman Stormwind. He's a, he's a healer of sorts. Um, and she goes to knock on the door and the door opens on its own. Hmm. 
Does he normally leave his door open? He does not. Something very, very strange is happening here. John would like to take the shield off of his back and, and his club in his hand and kind of not push her aside or shove her, just like slide around her so he can go and investigate first. Let me, let me, let me, let me look. And he wants to go into the room slowly and see if he sees any sign of life or anything like that. The, the room itself is almost in complete shadow and there's some snow that has blown in over the, uh, just, just in, in the front of the room, maybe about two or three feet. Do you have any kind of light or do you have dark vision? Uh, I do not believe I have dark vision. Um, and I don't have any source of light right now either. So the room is, 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 is almost pitch black. You can't see anything. Um, and the elf lady reaches down and says, hang on, I can do something. And she reaches around her neck and she pulls out a, a silver symbol and she holds it aloft and a faint silver light begins to flow out of it. And she's praying or, or muttering something in Elvish as she does so. When she finishes, the light, although not light as a, a lamp or a lantern, is enough to fill the room as if by moonlight. And she says, come on, let's go. You have been listening to How We Roll Podcast. You can find more of our work at howwerollpodcast.com and patreon.com forward slash howwerollpodcast, where you'll find extra episodes, bonus content, and a whole load of other cool stuff. Today, you have heard Joe Trier as GM, Owen as Zalfiz the Practical, Curran as Graham the Rogue, Niall as Gon the Druid, and our special guest has been V as Threska the Warlock. Production has been done by Aram Vartian, Rhyme of the Frostmaiden will be released as a weekly podcast and streamed live every week on twitch.tv forward slash roll at 8pm BST and 3pm EDT. Thank you for listening.